Midsummer Night last night that I want to tell you about, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. There is a theme to this, so stay with me. So I go to Yankee Stadium, Subway Series, big deal in New York, 50,000 fans, Mets, Yankees, and uh, I'm up in a suite because at this point in my career, I can't sit amongst 50,000 people (laughs) because one of them uh, may not like me, but I have to say, uh, in New York, whether I go to Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium, City Field, 99% of the people are very nice. I pose for pictures if they want me to, whatever. And that was the case yesterday. But I go up into the suite to watch the game, and who is one of my suite mates? Ready? Oh, you're going to love this. Ready? Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Okay. Big Yankee fan, born in the Bronx, 1954. She's 68 years old. Uh, An amazing story of success in America. So she is there. And uh, my... uh, one of my urchins is a political science major, and he held his own with Justice Sotomayor in a very nice discussion. I kind of, you know, look, Soda, Sonia Sotomayor and Bill O'Reilly don't see eye to eye on anything. <laughs> I think that's pretty, um, I think that's pretty clear. But it was respectful. It was respectful. Now, the woman, I told her that, I said, you know, maybe someday I'm going to write about your story. So she comes uh, from the projects in the Bronx. Don't get rougher than that. Parents born in Puerto Rico, father never spoke English. She didn't speak English for the first part of her life. Yet she went to Cardinal Spellman High School, which used to play uh, my high school, Chaminade, and sports. She graduated valedictorian. She went to Princeton, full-ride scholarship. Then she goes to Yale Law School. Okay, so the system worked for Sonia Sotomayor. However, she made it work. She applied herself, self-reliance. And she had a much rougher road than I did to get to be one of the most powerful women in the world, but she did it. Now... I'm telling you all this because there are two things. Uh, I had met her before at the Kennedy Center's Honors in Washington, D.C., a big liberal exposition. You see it on CBS every December. I uh, gave the award to Herbie Hancock, shocking President Obama and everybody else in the audience. But Herbie asked for me. I love Herbie. Not only do I love his music, but he is such a great guy. So I gave Herbie his award, his Kennedy Center Award, and Sonia Sotomayor was backstage, all right? And I met her there. And again, very respectful. You don't have to agree in this country, but I was happy last night to have my son speak with her you know, and, and she was interested. He's a political science major. I think someday he may be president. <laughs> he might. He's smarter than I am. He's better looking than I am. Um, and I'm very proud of him. 
Anyway, um, the reason I'm bringing this to your attention is that Sonia Sotomayor is not the problem in America, even though uh, she doesn't see the Constitution the way I see it. She sees it as an evolving document that should help people now and that uh, the situation in the United States now is not what it was in 1776. So her duty is to basically vote left and liberal on everything, which she does. And that's her sincerely felt belief. It's interesting because Clarence Thomas had probably a, a rougher time of it than uh, Justice Sotomayor, and he went exactly the other way. He believes that the Constitution should be upheld the way it was written by the Founding Fathers. Fascinating. And it's battling around in my mind that I might get those two into some kind of history situation. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about it. It was an extraordinary summer evening. I know Sister Mary Lorana, if uh, giving my essay today, I, that's what I would write about. And I, I might even get a good raid, which I never did. All right, let's get on. That is a memo. Let's get on to uh, what happened today. So President Biden signs the debt forgiveness deal. It's so complicated to make your head hurt. Uh, if you want to know about it, all you have to do is go and read it. But it ties into a whole bunch of things. Primarily, it's a giant giveaway to buy votes in November. That's what it is. It does alleviate some suffering, some financial suffering. Some people will benefit from it. But it's tied into um, the education department. And, and I'm not going to go over the, all the stuff. But it's going to cost the uh, taxpayer, you and me, $300 billion over a 10-year period. It's definitely inflationary, no doubt about that. But there's two reasons why Biden did it. Number one, as I said, he wants to buy votes in November because the Democrats are in big trouble. And number two, this is part of the scheme on the progressive left, of which Mr. Biden is now an enthusiastic member, to take over the Department of Education, to run pre-K to grad school education in America. That's the goal of the progressive left. Run it, indoctrinate all students, every state, into the leftist socialist philosophy. That's what's going on here. Okay? Now, they can't do it all at once. Most people don't even understand what's going on here. I was on a Hannity radio program today. I spelled it out pretty vividly. That's posted on BillOReilly.com. If you want to know what the ultimate goal of this is, it's, you know, you get a, an immediate vote-buying effect. You get a long-term. The socialists want to run the economy, the education system, everything. They want to control Americans' cradle to grave. That's what socialism is. Okay. Now, Ukraine also got uh, $3 billion more. $14 billion going over to Ukraine. We don't have any, uh, once that money gets into Kyiv, we don't know where it goes. We don't know how it's spent. But that's every bit of foreign aid. Nobody knows. They say, yes, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But who knows? The United States does not audit that. So $14 billion, some conservatives are jumping up and down screaming. I think it's a good investment. This war has weakened Putin. Believe me, it has weakened this man. And he is a tyrant. He is a warmonger. And China is watching this. Putin is not winning Ukraine. He's not winning anything. Okay? They blew up this poor girl, the daughter of one of its cronies, the other day. 
This is going to go on forever. Putin is now diminished forever. So if we have to spend $14 billion to hurry that along, good. And the United States is benefiting economically because Europe now has to buy much of its energy from us. I mean, Biden will never tell you that, but that's what's happening. All right, one guy... Um, um, oh, I want to do one more story before we get to Newt Gingrich, who is our guest tonight. Um, yesterday, we told you that Donald Trump every day is going to be now pillared by the establishment media, just like Russian collusion. Exact same playbook. Every day, there's going to be a leak from the Justice Department or wherever. Trump did this with the documents. Trump did that. He had the nuclear secrets. He blew up Albania. Nobody knew it. Trump stole this and he's going to do that every blanking day. That is by design. There is an alliance between the so-called legacy corporate media and the Democratic Party. Democrats can't run on the issues. They got to make Trump the issue in November which is what they are doing now. This is why you hear this. All anonymous sources. It's exactly the same as Russian collusion, and we all know how that turned out. But it was two years of hysteria by the press. Now you're going to get three months of hysteria leading into the midterm elections about this document stuff. Now, I don't even report it. Once I see sources close to or sources who know, I'm not reporting it. I'm not. It's garbage. As I wrote in my column on BillOReilly.com, garbage in, garbage out. I don't want to be a garbage man, although I respect sanitation workers. Okay. On the real clear politics generic ballot, which means who would you vote for in general in November? It's a tie now, 44. It's a tie. It should not be a tie. Republicans should be ahead by 10 points. Now, do I believe real clear politics? No, not necessarily. But the media goes, yeah, we're going to make it about Trump and then we'll prevail. That's what they're doing. All right, Donald Trump. So he files a lawsuit yesterday, 27-page lawsuit. And he uh, asks uh, the U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon to stop the Department of Justice from going through the material seized at Mar-a-Lago. Okay? Trump was a quote-unquote, special master appointed to protect his constitutional rights and go through this stuff. Now, in response to our reporting, and this is absolutely true last week with Brett Tallman, when Tallman said, hey, um, the FBI didn't put a taint team in before the raid, a taint team being agents going in to see if there's any confidential documents from attorney-client or from executive privilege, the FBI is not entitled to see. That's a taint team. Well, the FBI didn't do that, which taints the whole raid. Well, now the FBI announces today, well, we have a taint team now looking at it. Well, no, no. You should never have taken those documents out of Trump's home if there was attorney-client privilege in them. No, you don't do it after the fact, but because we reported this and it got out everywhere. Now the FBI goes, oh, we got the team now going over it. And Trump says, this is all BS, files a lawsuit, wants a special master. Okay. John Solomon does some excellent reporting today. He is at justthenews.com. You should go there. So, so somebody leaked 
confidential White House memos to Solomon. Memos? Memos to Solomon, okay? In those memos, it shows White House counsel to Biden saying to the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, Attorney General, it's okay for you to go and raid Trump because Biden's going to revoke his executive privilege. That's pretty stunning. It's in writing. So Biden and his counsel are telling Garland to raid Trump's house. I told you at the beginning this is going to be a Biden-Trump thing. Because there's no way Merrick Garland, who is, comes off as a weasel, is going to do anything without Biden knowing about it. But now we have it in writing, thanks to John Solomon. And those memos are pretty shocking. So justthenews.com. All right, the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, asked the uh, Pentagon for National Guard to help with the 7,000 migrants bused to D.C. from Texas. Second time, Pentagon says, no, not going to send troops in to help you. Okay. So Bowser doesn't know what to do. D.C. much smaller than New York, and New York's got about 1,000. D.C.'s got 7,000. New York's having trouble, and it's five times the size of Washington. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. So this migrant thing is 
off the charts. And um, there is a group called the Center for Immigration Studies that knows more about it than any other group in the country. And we're pleased to have its executive director, Mark Corcorian, joining us from Washington this evening. So I understand there is a new policy from the Biden administration about how federal agents and agencies should deal with foreign nationals who cross our border illegally. Can you explain that to us? What it amounts to is that this administration is trying to turn the federal government into an illegal alien sanctuary, just like California and New York and what have you. So the issue here is that ICE, uh, the immigration agency, will send what's called a detainer to another law enforcement agency that has in its custody and uh, a deportable alien, somebody they arrested for other reasons, drug dealing, um, you know, drunk driving, whatever. And what that order that's called a detainer is the shorthand name, and it's based on a law Congress has passed that says, please hold on to this person for up to 48 hours after you're done with him so that we can come and pick him up. Because a law enforcement agency can't hold people after you know they've finished with them, they have to let them go, Congress has said, with this exception, they can hold on to them until ICE comes and gets them, up to two days. What this new policy is, is one federal agency, the Marshal Service, part of the Justice Department, is now not going to honor, not going to pay attention to these orders from ICE and just let illegal aliens go, even though they're deportable. But once the Marshal Service is done with them, they said they're not holding on to them for ICE to come and pick them up. This is unprecedented, where one federal agency is refusing to cooperate with another sister federal agency. And it's a logical development from this administration's opposition to the very idea of enforcing immigration laws. Okay, so both ICE and the Marshal Service are under Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, the Department of Justice. No, no Garland, ICE, is in, ICE is in DHS. It used to right, be part Homeland of Security. Justice. Homeland right, Security. Right. Okay. Um, so Garland would have to sign off on this. Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, would have to sign off on it. And, of course, President Biden would have to sign off on it. All three of those Presumably. men would have to say, yeah, yeah this is what mean, we they, want. Go ahead. Absolutely, they have to. This is not some accidental thing that some bureaucrat happens to have done and that nobody you know, higher up knows about. This is part of the Biden administration perspective that immigration law itself, the idea of immigration laws are illegitimate and they refuse to enforce them. They consider them wrong. Congress passed them. They think they should not exist. And so they're simply not enforcing them. Okay. So this is an ideological belief that overrides the... uh constitutional imperative that President Biden uphold the laws of the United States. I think Biden may be well impeached on this if uh, Republicans take the House in November. But let's put that aside for the moment. The message that every federal agent is getting is that the, their bosses, their superiors, they really don't want them to uh, and bother the illegal aliens. Once they get here, they should be able to do what they want to do correct? Absolutely. That's what it amounts to. This, I mean, the president, when he was running for office, he said he doesn't think any 
somebody should be deported who's an illegal alien, even if they have committed crimes like drunk driving. Basically, they say only illegal immigrants who have, you know, drawn blood, who have killed or Felony. raped somebody. Violent, violent crimes. Right. Okay, so uh, this story about the U.S. Marshals not uh, honoring requests from Homeland Security has gotten almost zero publicity. Would that be accurate? Yeah, very little. There was a story in the Washington Times. We wrote about it in the New York Post. But beyond that, it doesn't seem to have gotten a lot of traction. And this is the kind of thing Republicans in Congress should be, you know, raising a ruckus about to sort of cut it off at the pass. The Republican Party is let's maybe they'll mobilize after Labor Day. But right now, they're like that. But the greater point is that the American press doesn't want to report things like this. Any negativity on the border, they're going to ignore because it makes the Biden administration look bad in the eyes of independent voters. That's what it's all about, is it not? I mean, it's a it's a combination, I think. It's both that the regular media, the legacy media, is protective of the administration. They're covering for them. But the other thing is that they consider illegal immigrants a kind of protected class that um, you know are sort of a victim class and have to be protected and that in all, that supporting enforcement of immigration laws they consider as somehow like punching down or something whatever yeah, the it's term repressive. is the term is repressive right, um, exactly. and and that's what they do final question from your data and your experience in this area do you feel most Americans want an open border no certainly not when you ask them there's no question they don't want an open border uh, and yet you know, I don't know why this hasn't resonated more. I mean, it does resonate a lot, but I think when you add it on top of gas prices and eggs cost twice as much and all the rest of it, it adds to it, but it almost gets crowded out because there's so much other terrible news caused by this administration that it maybe doesn't get the attention that it really needs. But if the Biden administration understands that the open border is not a popular issue, why would they keep pushing it? What, what's in it for them politically to keep pushing? This may well sink Joe Biden. It might, yeah. uh, if it see, ever gets traction. Where, yeah, I think some people who imagine that this is a kind of part of a plan to import Democratic voters, maybe, but I don't think that's what's at the core of this. I think this is an ideological belief that borders are morally wrong and that the American people, even if they vote for it, have no right to keep anybody out. That's the basic worldview of the people who run immigration in this administration. Nobody agrees with that except a handful of people like them, but they're the ones in charge. They're the ones setting policy. All right, Mr. Kerkorian, thank you very much for helping us out. Really appreciate your time. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. 
As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay. So the latest on Mar-a-Lago is the judge in the case who signed the warrant, Reinhardt, says now uh, the Department of Justice has not made its case to keep the entire affidavit under seal. So I, Judge Reinhardt, may order some of it public. And I'll make that decision on Thursday when the Department of Justice gives me some redactions. Now, all this means is that we, the people, are not going to know who accused Trump. That's not going to happen because the Justice Department and Judge Reinhardt know that person would be in physical danger and that person or persons, S, I think it's one, uh, life would be over. Now, if, as I stated, there is a charge lodged against Donald Trump, they have to, by our Constitution, say, here's the accuser. But now they don't, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, This is a terrible story, and I hate to report it because it brings back pain for the Americans who were killed by ISIS. So uh, there's a guy, Al-Shifi El-Shek, Al-Shifi El-Shek. He's a British subject. They called him a beetle because he spoke English, and he executed James Foley, American journalist, participated in the murders of Peter Cassig, Kayla Muller, Stephen Sotloff. And uh, all of that is in Killing the Killers, which still is a major bestseller after, um, let's see, one, two, three, going on four months. So I tell you the story about this horrible guy, uh, El Sheik. He was sentenced to life in prison in a federal courthouse in Virginia. Okay. And here's something I did not know. So the Justice Department did not seek the death penalty for Al-Sheikh as they should have. But they didn't because that's Merrick Garland. Now, there are the uh, family members of the Americans who were murdered. Um, Garland didn't go for the death penalty. I don't believe in the death penalty, but I understand the law. You absolutely could have asked for it. Okay, China. So you may remember that from 1980 to 2015, long time, if you had more than one child, a Chinese couple had more than one child, uh, they could sterilize the woman. That was the one child policy in China. It's unbelievable, but that was true. Then after 15, they saw they Beijing and the communists, the population falling. So they went two children. Then they went three children. Now, China says it will discourage abortions. Now, when China says it will discourage abortions, 
That means no abortions. Because if you have one and the Chinese government finds out, anything could happen to you. Reason is that China has one of the world's lowest birth rates. It's fallen fast because the Chinese people cannot support themselves. You know, you see the bright lights of Shanghai and Beijing and all that. Out in the countryside where most of the people live in China, they don't have anything. They don't have any kids. Now China needs more kids and they're going to ban abortion. Yeah, I won't say that, but that's what it is. There is a moral issue attached to poor people coming across the border. Uh, even though they are violating our laws, they're still human beings and uh, they need help. So the big organization that is helping them, aside from the federal government, is Catholic Charities. And uh, the Catholic Charity organization has been under some pressure because people are going, well, you're you're enabling this. You're helping. You're encouraging people across the border. Here's how Cardinal Dolan of New York City put it. Go. Well, we don't have a choice because we have a sacred responsibility to do it. Lord knows we didn't ask for it. And Lord knows we might be saying, hey, I wish this were a different way. But here's the uh, here's the difficulty we have. And we want to rise to the occasion. So that's correct. And then Pope Francis, that's his Dolan and Pope Francis are like this. And that's Pope Francis's view as well. Look, we can't take politics into account when you got human beings suffering who need shelter and food and, and they need help. So Jesus compels us to help those who can't help themselves. That's true. If you're a Christian, um, there's no doubt about it. But here is the mistake that uh, his eminence and his holiness, eminence, a cardinal holiness, a pope, here is the mistake they are making. They are not rendering to Caesar that which is Caesar's. Okay, that's a, one of the most famous sayings of Jesus when the Pharisees tried to trap him. They aren't saying, well, as Catholics, we support upholding the law. They don't say that. They never say it. What they say is, well, let's change the law. Or we, we wish the law were different. But they never say, ever, from the Vatican or from St. Patrick's Cathedral, look, that's the law and good Catholics, Christians, should be upholding it. That's my beef. New York City uh, says it might spend $300 million annually to house migrants in hotels. Um, possible. You know, this is analysis by the New York Post. I don't know. I just know that every move a migrant makes once the migrant gets into this country is paid for by us. Right here. New York City crime. Crazy. Crazy. So the actor Rick Moranis walking down the street on the west side of Manhattan on uh, 2020, uh, August 10th, uh, two years ago. And a guy walked up to Moranis and smashed him right in the face. Uh, the actor, who is a really good guy, uh, had to go to the hospital. Uh, his life was thrown into chaos. That man was sentenced today. His name is Marquis Ventura. 
He had been arrested 13 times prior to the assault on Rick Moranis. He got two years in a state prison. That's about, if he behaves himself, 15 months, maybe less. And then three years supervised probation, which is a joke. There is no supervised probation in New York City. There are too many criminals. There's not enough probation people, and they don't supervise anyway. Anyway, I'm glad this guy's going to jail. Is Ventura. He's a danger. But it's two years. Would I have given him more? Yeah, I would have given him five. Because he's a repeat offender. He just beats people up on the street for no reason. I would have given him five. White people are banned. Some, some parts of UC Berkeley. You know, I was out there in May. If I had known this, I would have gone. And believe me, I would have done it to Berkeley to uh, University of California and gone right where they say that white people can't go. That's what I would have done. So College Fix is reporting that guests are banned from common spaces at the person of color theme house on the UC campus. Okay, Um, I guess it's off campus, so off campus co-op person of color housing. Quote, guests are allowed in common spaces, but please be mindful if there are house members in the room beforehand. White guests are not allowed in common spaces. Why? Because many members of the person of color theme house are, quote, there to avoid white violence and presence, unquote. So here we have a public university, University of California, saying to students and visitors, if you're white, you can't go into a portion of student housing. That's off the chart unconstitutional and in violation of every other American tenant. There you go, California. Okay, CDC, Centers for Disease Control, used to be good until Joe Biden came in. So now it's a mess. And everybody knows it's a mess. Nobody believes it. So Dr. Rochelle Walensky is the director, and here's what she put up yesterday. My goal is a new public health action-oriented culture at CDC that emphasizes accountability, collaboration, communication, and timeliness. I look forward to working with the incredible people at CDC and our partners to realize the agent's fullest potential. Isn't that nice? Yes, we're going to. We're going to change the culture here. Okay, so now there's always a reason for this kind of nonsense. The reason is federal government has spent hundreds of millions of dollars, all right, paying Moderna and Pfizer to come up with a new COVID vaccine. It's all money. Okay, nobody's going to take it. I'm not. And I'm already vaxxed twice, boosted twice. I got four in me. I'm not taking the new one because... All of the other ones didn't protect my family from COVID. They got it. I didn't get it. And I didn't have any side effects, by the way, of the uh, vaccine. I'm still the old werewolf I used to be. But now, why would I take another vaccine coming out of the federal government when the other vaccine didn't prevent COVID? Didn't Joe Biden have COVID three times or five times or eight times? Jill Biden has it now. So why would I take another dose of vaccine? So the CDC, they don't know what to do. 
because they're in charge of pumping it up so people take another dose. And nobody's going to. You don't have to be out of your blanket mind to take another dose of COVID vaccine at this point because it doesn't work. What they told you isn't true. And I don't think you're ever going to see Anthony Fauci again. He's not associated with CDC. He works for the federal government. Okay? But this guy, does anybody believe a word he says? Of course not. You know, I mean, so I don't think you, maybe there is that arrogant. Maybe it'll trot him out again. I mean, CNN will love to have him, but nobody else would. But, you know, that's why Walensky is doing it. No, no, we're going to change. Yeah, okay, fine. You get data that the new vaccine stops me from getting COVID, and I can see it. I can see the trials, where they took place, how many people were involved. Then I will consider it. And only that. Fair? California. So I was out there in May, as you know, late May. Great time. Beautiful state. Could never live there in a million years. And I don't know how people do live there, even though California, more people, that's our largest audience, the No Spend News in California. And it's the largest state, so it makes sense. But every aspect of life is more difficult for Californians than anywhere else in the country. So the latest is that Sacramento, the capital of the state, is asking all Californians Cut down the use of electricity. Okay, because if you don't, then we're going to run out. <laughs> the state will run out. So thermostats in California, nobody's going to do this, but this is what the order is, 78 degrees. So your air conditioning in your house can't go lower than 78. 78, that's a little toasty, uh, a little warm. When it's 110 in Bakersfield, and you can only go 78 in the air? Yeah, a little unpleasant. All right. So in Anaheim, California, on a coast, record high 98 degrees, uh, August 7th. Redding up northern California, 114 degrees, July 29th. It's hot. Don't even mention Palm Springs or any of that. It's crazy hot. So California run out of energy. Why? because they attacked the fossil fuel industry and the nuke industry. They had nukes, boom, they're gone. What do we got now? We get the windmill. Windmill isn't gonna do it. Not gonna do it. All right, so there's also in addition to the heat and, and the electricity problems in California, there's a drought, 99% of the state is in a moderate drought, 97 severe drought. You don't have any water, don't have any water. And the Colorado River, which used to pump water into California, can't get it from there anymore. Nope. So desalinization, taking Pacific Ocean water, taking the salt out of it, turning it into fresh water, that's the only solution. And again, I don't even know what they're doing because it may be polluting. That might be a polluter or something. So no water, no power, no hope in California. I wrote a column this week, and I really, if you haven't read it, please do, because it's about you and the danger you live in. The column title is The Danger. Okay? And I spell it out. 
the Biden administration is dangerous. It's not just about the border or the economy or the crazy climate change stuff. It's about China. So now, in addition to Pelosi and all those other left-wing politicians going to Taiwan, the U.S. government has announced that there's going to be trade talks, a U.S.-Taiwan initiative on 21st century trade, okay, is going to be put into place. Okay. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're kicking dirt in the Chinese president's face, the communists in Beijing. Now, I want trade with China, but you don't have to announce it. You just do it. Okay? Why do you want to embarrass? Why do you want to spit in the eye? of a dictator, she, who could hurt us. Why? I'm not saying don't trade with Taiwan. Again, I want the trade. But why are you spitting in Xi's eye, Biden administration? There's never an answer. Never an answer. And because of all this, China has announced it's sending troops to Russia to participate in joint military exercise. That's great. Isn't that great? China propping up Putin militarily, Chinese troops in Russia. Now, historically, they're enemies. Historically, the Russians, Chinese don't like each other. But now they're buddies because of Biden, the pals. I got to tell you, boy, things are much worse than you would ever know. And the corrupt media will never tell you I will. Now, I don't want you to ruin your weekend or anything like that, but I want to keep you posted on how vital this November vote is. You got to get these people out. By these people, I mean the Democratic Party has to lose. All right, here is our final thought of the day. Two weeks, one day, and summer is sayonara in the realistic sense. Summer goes into late September. And here in the Northeast, it's warm now. You can go to the ocean till about October 1st. When I was a kid, you could do that. You could not do it. But you got to get into a different mindset because after Labor Day, it's going to be this a jet rocket to the midterm election, which is one of the most important elections in our lifetime. If the American people allow the Biden administration to continue doing what it is doing, the harm may never be righted. And that's why I believe that the Republicans, and they're no bargains, generally speaking, will win the House. Senate, we're going to follow it very closely, obviously. But the Biden administration is so destructive to you and me, it's almost impossible for me to tell you how destructive that is. Five million foreign nationals allowed in a year and a half by Joe Biden into this country with no supervision, unattended. Five million. 
I mean, come on. Okay. So we will be here tomorrow, and uh, we're going to do the moral thing about the migrants, the foreign nationals coming to the USA. Hopefully, we will see you then. Thanks for watching tonight.